Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Listeners, happy Friday and welcome to this latest episode of Coach Taku. I'm Mary and I'm here joined by the amazing, effervescent, radiant, always beautiful Christina. And today we're talking about one of those animes that will make you want to eat while you're watching it. So if you're on a diet, not a good thing to watch. But it's it's uh, if you haven't guessed already, it's Food Wars. And let me give you my synopsis, my like one sentence synopsis of what this anime is. And it's about a cocky boy who enrolls in a very elite culinary school and then sets out to be the very best in order to surpass his dad, period. Now, of course, in the journey, <laughs> there are a lot of other things that happen, but that's kind of like the main thing. Christina, anything to add to that? Ooh, I think just that this is... The series, which, by the way, if you don't know it as Food Wars, you may know it as Shokugeki no Soma. I believe that's the Japanese iteration. This is the show that took the phrase food porn very literally. (laughs) And so I just mentioned it because if you're not into ecchi style animation, it's not focused on being perverted. But sure enough, when people taste outrageously amazing food and even sometimes outrageously disastrous food, uh, it is depicted in very hypersexualized, hyperbolic ways. So that in itself is super <laughs> entertaining about the show. Um, but we're not here to, to link Shokugeki no Soma with sex. We're here to link it with a coaching conversation. Specifically, one about ways of being. And so if you're new to Coach Taku, we've talked about this ubiquitous, ubiquitous concept of being a couple times now. But to catch you up to speed, when we're talking about being, what we mean is how we are at any given moment. You know, are we coming from our feelings? Are we coming from our logic? Are we coming from the ways that we know how to defend ourselves to survive on the planet? Are we coming from our fears? Or are we coming from a place that perhaps is outside of those things that represents the best of who we are or the most authentic version of who we are? And oftentimes we tend to forget that who we be in any given situation is ultimately a choice. And so as coaches, Mary and I tend to talk about with our clients how to be intentional in how we show up, which allows us to be more empowered and hopefully get what we want. So Mary, why is Food Wars as silly as it can be sometimes? What makes it a great series to talk about being with? What an amazing question, Christina. Thank you for asking it. And I think what's what's fun about Food Wars is that each character is a chef and each one has a personality and each one shows up in a really specific way. And there's an association between how they show up 
and how they cook, which is also really interesting. So to kind of illustrate this point, I think one of the the characters that makes it most obvious is or probably for me at the start of the season, Megumi and Soma themselves. So Soma is our main character. He's he's the boy who's really cocky, who's just enrolled in this really elite culinary school. And on his first introduction to the school, he says, I'm going to be the very best and you're not going to stop me. Great way to make friends, but not really. (laughs) Um, But his way of being has him be that confident person who shows up in a room saying, I own this and I know that I have the power to get ahead. Um, And that shows up in his cooking because he is highly skilled. He's very confident when he sets plates and he's determined to win. Megumi, on the other hand, is like the total opposite. And you would think that for being enrolled in a culinary school that's elite, you would have some kind of confidence in your skills and abilities. Megumi does not. Megumi is shy. She's fearful. She doesn't want to mess things up. And because of that, she's often stuck in this pattern of having to do things over and over until she gets it, quote unquote, right. Almost like her wanting to get it perfect keeps her back. And so she shows up as really shy, very introverted, very careful with how she's doing things. And so what's curious about the series is that you can see how the characters kind of play off of each other in this. And Christina, you want to speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. So one thing that I know I like to do with clients and, you know, Mary, feel free to chime in whether you do this as well or you do something different is After I've supported a client in distinguishing kind of their automatic, AKA the ways they already know how to be. So in Soma's case, he already automatically knows how to be super confident, undeterred, sure of himself. Whereas Megumi's automatic are to be tentative, shy, and on the flip side, super caring. The thing about Megumi is she comes from like the countryside, like they kind of, I think uh, her voice actor even plays up an accent that's known in more rural parts of Japan. Um, But because of she's super connected to her community. So, you know, her automatics are shy and tentative, but also caring, generous, connected, compassionate, those pieces. And so I, I give these references because when I'm working with a client who has strong automatics that have gotten them this far in their lives, but aren't helping them with the new goal that they have set out for themselves. I tend to ask them, who in your life has these qualities that you're working to achieve and how can you learn from them and how can you learn to integrate what they do so well into what you do? And what's really great about the series is because, and this is true of all anime, when you take skills like cooking or magic or, excuse me, or or ice skating or whatever it is, and you put it into the high school format, you're automatically given the opportunity to make people partner up for group projects. And so one thing the series does really well is you see these characters, these aspiring chefs get partnered up in different scenarios and either learn from each other's styles and learn how to be adaptive and gain each other's strengths or totally clash and mute each other out and only bring the worst of what their ways of being have to offer and ultimately get expelled because this is a very competitive school. 
Yeah, and so what we notice for Megumi is that she's she gets paired with Soma very quickly on in the first season. And what we can see with her and her transformation is that she starts to observe Soma and she says, wow, he has so much confidence and so much commitment and so much dedication that she starts building some of that desire. It's kind of like it ignites something in her that says, I want to do better. And I can show up better. If he can do this, then so can I kind of thing. And we start to see her really own her skill set and kind of develop this culinary style that's really reflective of her and her being, which is really comfortable and caretaking and nurturing. And then we start to see her own her abilities and own herself in a different way. And this is actually really reflected in that uh one of the showdowns where she's battling Rio and Christine, I don't remember if you remember that specific interaction, but let's talk about that one. Yeah. So Rio is a great character to reference in this conversation because, you know, here we are talking about how the characters ways of being are paralleled or contradictory in each other. But the other place you can see their ways of being is in how their food turns out. And so Megumi going up against Ryo in this competition is a great example of that because both of them specialize in preparing seafood. The difference is that Megumi's connection to seafood comes from, you know, the love of her small fishing village. And so she infuses her food with her love, with her tenderness, with her care. Like everyone that eats Megumi's food is always like bright eyed and refreshed and like, oh, this tastes like home and I feel comforted. Whereas Rio is kind of the renegade of the series. And it's funny because his automatic is quiet and unassuming, but the minute he gets into competition mode, you see him as similarly this character from a fishing village, but like the fire and the passion and the man that goes out to sea and defeats the sea. And so his flavors are always robust and a force to be reckoned with. And people are like, I don't even know what's happening right now because there are so many flavors all at once, but they all work together. And uh, the other thing I'll reference out the series, it has nothing to do with coaching, but if you haven't watched Food Wars, part of why it's hysterical is because it parodies a lot of other anime. And so there's actually a point where they're showing Megumi and Ryo like cooking at the same time and their dishes show up to fight each other in what is a total parody of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure and stands kind of facing off against each other. So that's just like a fun fact about the series that makes it especially lovable. Yeah. And I think the other part about Ryo that is is part of a coaching conversation and it is notable is that he has this bandana that he wears on his hand, very similar to Soma. And I think when I'm working with clients, one of the things that I do when they're having trouble remembering, because sometimes we forget that we have access to different ways of being. It's like, we're so used to our automatic that we don't really think about it intentionally. And I think Rio's bandana serves as that prompt, as that reminder, hey, game on. 
And now it's time to really bring the passion and the fire. So whenever he puts it on, you see a total shift in personality. But as coaches, we can also do that. And as human beings, we can also do that for ourselves and our clients. We can use prompts to say, hey, what's going to actually have me show up differently in this situation? Whether it's a bandana or a song or a post-it or a quote or something else that kind of tells you, okay, game on. And this is how I'm going to show up now. Yeah, you got to love some built-in accountability structures. Um, But I do want to go back for a second because... You know, we really talked about how Megumi's admiration of Soma is what supports her in defining herself as this person that cooks seafood with this edge of comfort and love and tenderness. But I think one of the ways that Megumi's automatics actually rubs off on Soma as well is, you know, Soma at the start of the series, again, super confident, very sure of himself. Uh, It's interesting. His food style specialty is almost like the Western equivalent of diner food. Like that's what he's been raised to cook is Japanese family restaurant cooking. And he's very, very good at it. And there's a part of him that almost seems to scoff at traditionally trained chefs. And I think what he gets both from his friendship with Megumi and also from meeting all these other talented chefs is he gains a new way of being around humility and being humble. And choosing this on purpose gives him access to new ways to cook. And specifically what we see is he still holds on to that Japanese family restaurant, you know, those roots that he was was raised with. But he also starts to study French, French style cuisine cooking which in the culinary world, at least in the Western culinary world, is considered like the foundation of cooking artistry. So I mentioned that because here's Mary, here, Mary, you were talking about how do we hold ourselves accountable to change? And Soma electing to be humble demonstrates that how when we choose new ways of being on purpose, we have access to so many more choices and options in our lives. Yeah, and I think it's true of of a lot of characters in this series as they play on each other and as they compete against each other. It's the competition serves as almost a catalyst for access to something different, for a new level of growth, both in their culinary skills and also their personal growth and how they're showing up. And I think another example of that, Christina, is probably uh, for me, notably Kumi, who has like, and she's the character that has strong sensuality, knows how to work meat like nobody else. Like if you put a slab of meat in front of this woman, she will make it a work of art. And in her first showdown with Soma, uh, she makes this this dish plate with with meat on it and it's like grade a meat or whatever it is it's like really elite really tasty and what's interesting about that about that showdown is that she put meat on top of rice but it wasn't totally a coherent plate it wasn't complete there was something missing because she focused so much on the meat part of it that the rest of the plate actually fell short and soma ends up winning and the lesson here from Soma for her for, for her was you have to focus on the whole plate. It's a holistic meal. It's not just one part. 
And so that actually makes her think differently about how she serves food and how she cooks and how she shows up because her meat is sensual, very reflective of her style. And then in the next showdown that we see with her, you see her actually apply this new knowledge and go further. And it's cool because that's how you see each of the characters growing in different ways. Yeah, and I think it's also an important lesson because something about the school that they're all a part of is it's kind of an adapt or die sort of setting. Um, Again, it's an anime, so it's allowed to be dramatic. But really the way the school runs at the beginning of the series is anytime you fail a test, you're expelled. Like there's no do-overs, there's no second tries. They want the best of the best and that's it. And so that competitive cutthroat environment is bound to confront people's automatics. And this is seen in real life as well. When we're taken outside of our comfort zones, where do we go? We go to what we already know to do when we are scared and in defense mode. But really what the show celebrates is the people who are willing to adapt and try new things. And so you actually see that as the characters grow in their culinary styles, they are the ones that can progress and move forward. And it's not about losing the essence of who they are. Like I love Akumi as an example because she continues to be meat obsessed and, you know, having the best quality product. You see Rio continue to love seafood. You see Soma continue to love his diner roots. You see the Aldini brothers who we can get into a little bit later. Stay true to their familial roots as well, being in the Italian restaurant culture. But you also see how they learn to integrate all of the new ways of being that they have learned into the strengths of their automatics, into what did work for them. And that just makes them better chefs. But also as a side note, uh, I know we're not in this part of the episode, but if I could pick one character to coach in the series, it would probably be Akumi. Uh, mostly because I hoped that she would pay me in like world-class <laughs> steaks and beef products. Like I, like that would be the best way to get paid in the world to me in my personal preference of eating. <laughs> you know, Christina, I wasn't expecting that answer for you. I thought it would be like arena or <laughs> some other character, but that makes a lot of sense. I no, the other character I might choose for the same reason for, so for anyone who doesn't know this about me, I'm a huge foodie. Like, you know, in the before times, aka before COVID lockdown, one of my favorite pastimes with my husband was to save up and go to really fancy restaurants. And so I would either pick Akumi because again, master of the meats, or I would pick Alice because similarly, she has the love for that more molecular gastronomy style cooking that I just find very exciting and very engaging. So I would definitely let my stomach lead my coaching in initiatives in this case, less so than perhaps my heart. We should talk about that towards the end of this episode, like, because there's so many food plates in this that just look delicious. And I'm just like, which I want them all. And I was like, I want to be one of the judges on this taste tasting. But I know that we talked about some of the characters in the show. And Christine, I know that you have a one that really struck you in this conversation. And he's one that's, I think he's a little bit of an outlier, a little bit different. (laughs) And Christina, why don't you illustrate us on what you see here with this character? 
Yeah. So um, Mary is referring to none other than our resident copycat specialist, Subaru. So if you're not familiar with who I'm talking about, Subaru gets introduced, I think, during the autumn elections, if I remember correctly. I'm sorry. There's been five seasons of this anime. I think that's the name of the arc. But his whole spiel as a chef is that rather than specializing in seafood or specializing in meat or specializing in French cuisine, he has the gift to perfectly mimic someone else's style. And then the foresight to somehow make it just a little bit better. And what's really interesting about Subaru is even though he shows up um, painted as an antagonist, what we see in his backstory is the way that he found out he had this gift is because his father was a pastry chef. And he was so inspired watching his father make these signature cakes that he tried copying him because he admired the process and he admired the cooking and he loved the taste. But his father didn't give him praise or recognition for this. He was actually embarrassed by it because he had a customer that told him, like, your son is better at baking this than you are. Like, like what the heck is this? And so this is a great coachable moment because all of us have had times like this in our lives where we look to express our gifts or we look to express who we are. And rather than being celebrated for it, we become reprimanded. And so what do we do as kids? The way we make sense of it is we make ourselves wrong or we make ourselves bad and we try to compensate for that. And so you see Subaru try to compensate for the scolding he received by being this villainous, villainous copycatter who, you know, challenges people to Shokugeki showdown so as to like steal their most precious knives and does diabolical things. But really what Subaru, I think, craves more than anything is to be praised for how much he loves cooking. And that's really what his copycat technique is about, is it's this way of being that has reverence and honor and celebration for the talent of other chefs. So I just thought he was a cool character to bring into this particular episode because it goes to show that we're not saying your automatics are wrong or bad or not good enough, but it's really valuable to notice what we apply them towards and when to turn the volume up and down is necessary. Yeah, and I think also just reminding ourselves that we have choice in everything. You know, we have choice in how we show up in certain situations, whether it's a whether it's for school, a networking event, it's at home, it's at work, we have a choice as to who we are and how we show up in any given moment. And I think if you were to ask me who I would coach, I'm going to actually cheat on this one, Christina, and I'd, I'd say group coaching. <laughs> and probably like the first task would be, I'd want to taste the plate that reflects you and then just have people taste each other's plate and what they can see about each other through that. I think that would be an awesome conversation. And just like, can you imagine all the fun activities around like cooking and tasting things while you're coaching people? I can't. So, God. Oh, no, that would just, that's my dream to coach and eat and eat and coach and coach and eat and eat and coach. I think you're on to something here. I mean, if there are any cooking shows out there that want to hire us as coaches, we are here. We are in. You can pay us in food. 
we will accept. But um, just to end, just to wrap this episode up, any favorite moments that you want to talk about? Favorite moments, favorite characters, something that really struck you, favorite foods from the show that you say, I must absolutely try this? Oh, that's so, 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 so tough. I think, um, I think part of it for me, and we didn't get a chance to talk to her about that about her that much. So if you all love this character, make sure to tune in to our Instagram live because I'll probably bring her up more. But Erina, Erina, who's the daughter of the, I don't know if it's the president of the school or the chairman of the school, whatever, she's very important. And she's known for having the God tongue. Like she's very good at tasting food and being nitpicky about it. And in general, anytime she tries food, that she really loves and she tries to act like she doesn't love it. Like she tries to channel her very like logical, you know, intellectual culinary mastermind mode and secretly inside. She's like, this was amazing. And I love food and I love this so much. Those are always the moments that like really get to me because I really relate to her suppressing the passionate artist that's deep inside of her. And I think we could definitely explore that more in a live or in another conversation. How about you, Mary? Any favorite moments or favorite dishes? I mean, Christina was so hungry watching this show. There's so many dishes here that I was like, we can, we, we need to experiment with some of these things. Um, but I think I think favorite moments for me was actually at the beginning of the series because I didn't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden I see this boy kind of create this amazing dish, meat dish that kind of has people's clothes coming off. And I was like, what is happening here? And now I want to try that because if it's that, if it's that good, then I need to have some. And that's the part that really got me hooked into the show. And I think my dog agrees. Nico loves delicious food as well. Um, So yeah, as we wrap things up, you know, we've mentioned our love for cooking. And if you also love cooking, I recently found out that the Shokugeki no Soma wiki page has a link to uh, copycat recipes of the different dishes that they prepare on the show. And so Mary and I are deeply considering having our own Shokugeki showdown and possibly either creating our own dishes or each creating the same dish and uploading that to YouTube. So if you want to see who the better chef is, or at least (laughs) who's willing to master a, a recording setup in which to capture our culinary attempts, let us know by shooting us a DM or messaging us on Instagram. And yeah, other than that, uh, Shokugeki no Sama, five seasons, amazing anime, pretty funny manga as well. If there are other series that kind of fall into this like ubiquitous kind of a shonen, kind of an adventure, kind of a slice of life that you want us to cover, remember that you could always shoot us an email at coachjakupod at gmail.com and we will take your requests with much care and consideration. And other than that, thanks so much for tuning into this episode and we'll catch you in the next one. Hi, everyone. You're subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, CoachTakuPod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at CoachTakuPod at gmail.com. 
love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at Roar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at Mary, M-E-R-Y dot The Nerdy Coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.